Welcome to Season 4 of Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I am Catherine McPhail, your host. I'm an architect practicing in Eastern Massachusetts. In past seasons, we've covered all sorts of subjects with the intention of helping homeowners who may never have been involved in a renovation before and they felt like they needed to know what they were doing. We've built up over 100 episodes on everything from roofing to foundations, heard many renovation stories, and learned how to hire various professionals. This season, we'll be focusing even more on the challenges of renovating old houses while incorporating new technologies, using my own new house as a case study. We'll have all sorts of different guests, most having to do with what I'm just calling the next level of renovations. Now that you've got these 100 plus episodes under your belt, I think you're ready. This week is my three-year anniversary, So I was going through old episodes and I realized, wow, things change a lot over three years, as one would hope. I was listening to this one particular episode that I used to do this series called Learning from the Mistakes of Others, which I actually really liked because there was a lot of good advice in there. I was listening to one that I recorded possibly two years ago with Michelle Hoddle of La Mesa, California, and she's she's an architect there. We've gotten to know each other a lot better in the last two years since we, we recorded this episode together. I have finally painted the trim in my old house. As everyone may know, I have actually moved out of that house, but listening again to our conversation, I still enjoyed it, and I feel like there is a lot to be gained from the advice in there. The thing is that I have realized through getting to know architects all over the country, through getting to know homeowners all over the country, and talking to them about home renovations, is that they we all have so much in common. All of these projects have so much in common. And the homeowner experience and the architect experience, and I would imagine the contractor experience, it's a shared experience, while also feeling kind of like a lonely experience. Anyway, the first time around, I didn't edit this conversation very much. Michelle has a podcast also called I've Never Met a Woman Architect Before. She told me that she didn't edit her episodes, so I felt like maybe I just won't edit this episode. But when I was listening again, I thought, uh, yeah, I'd like to put that out again as an edited episode. So it's shorter. It's perhaps more to the point. Really, it's just kind of a conversation between um, two people who would become good friends in the future. Anyway, I hope you get something out of this learning from the mistakes of others. Episode four. Just to let homeowners know, I mean, generally, this is for homeowners who are preparing for a renovation. So what should they not do? In the past, people have given the advice, make sure you plan everything before you start construction, because sometimes people don't plan where the, even the interior walls might go before we, we heard about that. Being realistic about scheduling is, is one. Not picking the least expensive contractor who comes along is another, yeah. you know, but the thing is, yeah. it could be that someone's just listening to this one episode. So I guess you would just choose the three, let's just say three things that you would definitely not want people to make that same mistake. And they, they might, it's a pretty common mistake. So we were um, just talking about deciding to start a project when you find out you're <laughs> pregnant. Don't do that. I did have a client one time and I only did schematic design with them because they had decided that they were, and I can talk about them because, because we never actually did the whole project together. It was, it was kind of interesting. Interesting because I met with them and, and I've met like a couple other people also, but you know, it's like they have this new house or they have a small house and they want to add on to it. And, you know, maybe they're newly married or they're just starting out or they've decided that they want to have kids. And then they say like, oh yeah, we're going to have six kids. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, literally this one couple, you know, they had one child 
And they said, yeah, we want to have six kids. And they were in a two bedroom, it was two bedroom, one bath or two bedroom, two bath house. And they said, yeah, we want to add all this stuff. And I was like, really? I said, do you want to add? I mean, you really want like six kids. And the thing is, is that she had started having kids at the same time that I had started having kids, which was 29. And I was thinking there is just, you don't even really have the time <laughs> to right. have three kids in that time. <laughs> you know, she was from a big family and this is what she wanted. And so I had kind of said like, okay, well, why don't we do kind of three schemes that typically do three schemes and the one scheme, like, okay, this is the scheme where you're adding maybe two more bedrooms. Okay. And then maybe you could use one as a home office or something. And then, and then the other scheme, you know, was like a larger scheme. And then the third scheme was kind of this thing because they were thinking, oh yeah, we're going to, we want an accessory dwelling unit for my parents that are also going to move in. So during the process, she gets pregnant with the second kid and then realizes that she's just like so sick from this thing that, that she realizes that she probably doesn't want to have six kids. And I said, you know, and I said, okay. And they really just went to schematic design. They realized that they, that they maybe, maybe they, maybe the two bedroom, two bath was just going to be, you know, it was going to be just fine. It kind of took a long time for, I don't know, he didn't want to sign the contract. This was also kind of the weird thing. And you know, they didn't want to sign this contract and they seemed like totally perfectly, uh, just a totally perfectly normal couple with this kid. And then she's pregnant. And they, they lost the contract twice. They were AIA contracts. So of course we have to pay for them, right? We have to pay for the original documents. And, you know, they lost the contract twice and never, and never really signed for the contract. They did pay me for schematic design though. And then, and then also within the AIA contracts, and a lot of other things, it says that you can't use the design, right? In order to do in, in any other project, right? So you can't take that design and then go to a drafter that's maybe going to do it for less. Right. Clients, please don't do that. <laughs> if we if we decide to do anything about that, there are ramifications from that. You mean you but, mean uh, like you mean you mean please do not take the design that we gave you. Decide you're going to go for a cheaper drafter who's then going to develop the design, our design. Yes. Don't do yes, that. because we don't own the that. design. We own yeah, we own the design. It is, you know, it is our it's our, we're just letting you use that for a one-time use. The same thing where you can't take our design and then go and, you know, do five other houses somewhere else with the same design. So then they they actually called up the contractor several months later and they said uh, you know, like, "Oh yeah, we don't want to um uh, and he said, okay, well, I'll, I'll call up Michelle and like have her get on it. And they're like, oh no, we don't, we don't want to use Michelle. And he was like, oh, okay. And then, then he showed me what they had done. And what they had done is for one of the schemes, they had just drawn over it themselves and like gave it to him. And they said, well, we're not using any of the ones that she, that she did. You know, we're just using, we just want you to do this, which it basically was the design. It was just, they had just sketched over it and wanted to, and he, you know, then said like, I, I don't want to do, he goes, I don't, I'm not going to get involved with them if they want to do that. So, you know, they, they didn't. Yeah. I would definitely not do a house when, when you're pregnant. I mean, you know, like I kind of mentioned it to you, you know, before this, you know, it's just, it seems like it's a very, I mean, personally, you know, it's like, I've had three kids. It just seems like a very, toxic environment you know it's like you're in this house and then you're going to start you know going through like you know there's typically lead paint in everybody's house there could right, be asbestos right. 
you want to stay in the house. I mean, it's just, it's just not a very good environment. And then, you know, you're going to be under a lot of stress and it's going to be constantly that you're going to want to try to get, you know, you're on this time, you know, you're trying to like beat the clock, right. For this. And then, you know, you don't know if there's going to be complications, you know, it could be that all of a sudden you have bed rest and you're going to be in the house. And meanwhile, this construction is going to be going on. Mm, yeah, there could be a lot of things that could go wrong. Yeah. And also leave it staying in the house when you have little kids or even just older, any any time. Staying in yes. the house is also something I think people should not try to do. And I yeah. have had clients take that to the extreme. Like they will have no room in this house. They will have one bathroom <laughs> and like a little plastic hallway to one other room. That's no way to live. Do not do that. <laughs> no. No. And I did, I mean, I had one of my good friends. I did, I did an addition and remodel for her and she was like, oh yeah, we're going to stay. But meanwhile, her, her boyfriend, soon to be husband lived across the street and two doors down. So it was like, really, they could have moved into his house, which they, they did end up because the contractors that I knew that were doing it, they just said there, there's just no way that we're going to let them. He goes, because we're touching every single room in this house. He goes, there's just no way that, that we're going to be able to like do the work in here, you know, with you guys in the house. Yeah. I wish people would stop trying to stay in the house when it's like that, you know, sometimes yeah. it's, it's obviously it's just off the back. It's fine. They're only going to break through at a certain point. Yes. But yeah. Yeah, there have yeah. been a couple of really crazy requests lately in my yeah. own life. Yeah. And I feel like on top, especially because everyone has to stay home mostly now. Yes. Just go find another home. Don't, I don't know, just as bad idea. I think that's a bad and idea. I mean, you know, I mean, in California, and I'm sure probably in Massachusetts, you know, I mean, of course, you've got like high rent area. I mean, you know, it's going to be expensive to try to like move. To so, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you should hold off on having it, you know, maybe you should only add on. I mean, I added on to my own house. And I basically did the thing that I've done with other people is, you know, you just add on a totally separate thing. And then you break through at the last minute into that. And even then, there was still a lot thing and then you know they still have to come in and do touch-up work because i've got can see through the studs out into the yard because because you know that part was covered up with plywood you know when the drywaller came so he wasn't able to redo that because it was covered up you know so it's like for architects right none of our houses are ever done but you know the typical client they don't want a house that's like half done you know rolling on and on and on <laughs> right we're used to it somehow somehow that's okay and all including me i did this and other architect friends i have their house is just in con- under construction for 20 years and then right before they sell it it's beautiful and i think why didn't i do that why didn't i paint that patch in my bedroom 5 years ago I could have enjoyed it. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And then, yeah. you know, it's like we've had some people like taking care of my husband. So they're coming through and they're like, oh, it's going to be great when it's done. And I'm like laughing. I'm like, it's pretty much done right now. It's <laughs> yeah. really not that. I don't know. For some reason, we just like stopped painting or so. I think I was just like, okay, I'm done. So there's like a patch, that's like not, there's no baseboard, right? What architect, yeah. architects never have baseboards. Nope, you know, I, yep, it's missing yeah. in my, on one, one wall of my bathroom, I have no baseboard and no plans yeah. to replace it. Apparently after 12, 12 years, it turns out you don't really need it. It's fine. Yeah. Don't need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I bought my house from, we bought our house from hoarders. And so, um, oh my God. We fixed, it was a condemned hoarder house, but you know, you just want to save a house. So 
we found this house that needed saving. Yeah, and, um, of course. Yeah. yeah, but I haven't painted the whole, I still haven't painted all the trim in the house. It's been 12 years. It has been 12 years of disgusting, dirty hoarder trim in several yeah. of my rooms. Yeah. It's yeah, been just 20 years of like, and only one wall of my bedroom is painted, right? The other, the other three, I just never did. Maybe I only wanted to pull the furniture off of that one wall and then, Well, you know, maybe the lesson yeah. that people can learn from our mistakes there or the way we yeah. act is like actually finish it. Just finish it because you'll never go back and paint the other three walls until you move out of the house. So just I, finish it. Yeah. One of the things that, that I noticed, you know, working with clients, a lot of times, like, I think that they're afraid of like making a mistake. So they don't want to make a decision, which, which maybe like for us, we're, we're kind of like, oh, okay, I don't want to design a house because maybe I won't like that house design in a few years or something. And, you know, I've, I've had friends that are architects and construction manager and they're, Literally, they were working on their house for like 15 or 16 years because they could live somewhere else, you know, and there, so there wasn't the um, financial the constraints of that. So, you know, literally, but the kids were out of the house before they had even moved into that. So then they were like, I don't even, you know, we don't even know if we're going to keep this house. We're probably going to sell it and maybe we'll like move into something smaller because it'll just be the two of them. Yeah, I mean, I think we just have to kind of make decisions and move on. And I also think that, um, you know, that architects can really help kind of narrow those things. I mean, people see so many things now on Pinterest or house or, you know, or any or on these different HGTV shows. So they're totally overwhelmed with everything. And then they, they bring you a hundred Pinterest images, you know, you've got the links for like all of these and you're like, you know what, you need to narrow it down to like 10 or 20 images. Well, I know, but we like this one from this one and this one from this. And I said, yeah, I know, but let's for right now, let's just narrow it down and the same thing i mean that's the reason why i typically go shopping with people you know with my client to pick the interior finishes because if they're just looking you know it could be this huge range you know they walk into a tile showroom you know and then they see a million different things and they want all of it what i typically kind of do is i try to limit it to like three things you know either three you know, kind of families of tile that they can use, or, you know, it's like, okay, here's like a, the more minimal option with tile. I mean, tile can get really expensive. And then people are like, oh my God, the tile is so expensive. And what I'll do is I do like a basic tile, you know, I mean, Dow tile, it's like white matte tile is $1.99 a square foot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just do a basic tile and then do, you know, some type of really nice tile. And that'll totally save. I mean, cause I have clients, their tile looks great, but you know, they spent over, you know, five or $6,000 for the tile in their master bath, you know, because it's all glass tile. And then that was, I mean, you know, I tell people like, that's just the tile. That's not the labor. And the labor is going to be depending on where you are. I mean, you know, I know that people, you know, they watch these house shows and they think that they can do a lot of things on their own, but, you know, some things are going to save you money and other things are just not going to save you money. Don't expect that you're going to be able to, all of a sudden, you're going to be able to like build your dream home without a professional involved. You can really get yourself in trouble. I mean, you know, it's like, I... I try to tell people like, you know what, we're professionals and we've done this before, you know, and we can kind of like tell you there are ways to do it that are going to, you know, you're going to save money and other ways. To, and, and, you know, maybe you don't need to add on a lot of square footage. Maybe you can reuse the square footage that you already have. 
mm-hmm. you know, and just reconfigure that area so that you can save on that. And, you know, I mean, that's going to save money and time and it's better for the environment. And- yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like people feel like the answer is just more space when it often is just reconfigure what you have or reuse it or figure out uh, yeah, what, how yeah. you need to use space and then build space that suits the way you want to live in it rather than yeah yeah yeah. and I mean I'll tell people that oh we lived in we lived in 1200 square feet before we added on right so it's three bedroom two bath and you know I had three kids we're not you know we're not like super small people that you know be like this like we feel like we have this enormous space you know yeah we probably needed one more bedroom because we had three kids so it's like the boys have always had to double up you know I mean now my daughter left and now there's another room and, you know, and then we added on 485 square feet, which was is a master bedroom suite and an office. And so now our house is still only 1685, four bedroom, three bath. I mean, it's totally functional for people, you know, and then, you know, when you start like thinking, okay, what is the cost per square foot to add on? I mean, and then plus we're in California. So you know, I mean, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I know what it's like to be inside during the winter. <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody has a basement, right? So you're like hanging out in the basement. You know, in California, we go outside, right? And the, we can keep the doors and windows open all the time. You know, we haven't had a heater for like the last four years. You know, oh, we don't have an air conditioner. Yeah, we don't have an air conditioner. You know, it's like we have been using space heaters. We're going to get a ductless for the new part and then the old part because you know, we, we're in a 1953 house, you know, so, I mean, they were smaller that, you know, but we have, yeah. you know, I mean, we don't have a huge lot. I mean, it's about 7,000 square feet, but, you know, it's fine. It's fine for us. You know, we're close to the city. We don't have to move further out into, you know, wildlife That's urban right. interface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the so weird thing about fine, California. You know? It's like yeah. at the edges feels like it's wilderness. I mean, I guess it's the same here. Oh, it absolutely is wilderness. Or it just feels, I guess it's because I'm from New England. And so when I was in California being, going to the edge of civilization Mm -hmm. was kind of like, it seemed like that was it. Whereas here, I guess you go to the edge and there are woods. So it, I don't know, it's just different, but it's all getting kind of knit together, which is, um, yeah. So, but I think what you're trying to say is moving out farther from the city just creates more issues. Yes. In terms of getting to places where you want to be, or do you then you have to drive everywhere, or you have to drive your yeah. kids everywhere? Yeah, there's a lot yeah. less, um, yeah, independence out there. Yeah, and then yeah. often people don't even have the furniture to fill these huge rooms that they decide to create, and they just don't work the way they think they're going to. I just more space just isn't the answer. <laughs> so. You know, it's been interesting because I see a lot of um. People, I mean, other architect spaces, right? Or, or, you know, on the different Facebook thing, like, oh, I don't know whether I'm going to be able to to fit like a, a homework station or whatever. And I see it, it's like this huge room, you know? I mean, the thing's got to be like, I don't know, 20 by 30 or something. I mean, that's, that's a big space. <laughs> 20 by 30 is a huge space, you know, for like a kid's desk. You know, you can easily fit that in like yeah. four by five or something. <laughs> Yeah, your yeah, cubicle's to, pretty you know, small. You could just build cubicles for each kid, and that's that's exactly. the end of that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So narrowing down your choices and not getting a hundred Pinterest inspirations at one time, yes. or giving them yeah. to somebody else. Not yeah. just building on a ton of space just because yeah. you can. Yeah. I don't think that's going to solve your problem necessarily. Anything else you can think of is pretty common common mistake that you think people should avoid if they're if they're just planning it right now. 
thinking like kind of dreaming about what they're going to do. I know a lot of people, it's like they, they have an idea that they want to instead. So instead of, you know, they live in, they live in one house and all of a sudden they, you know, they have an image in their mind of what they want. And then they're choosing images from other places. And it's, you know, they got champagne taste on a beer budget. One of the things that, you know, that maybe some architect purists, architects or something wouldn't agree with this, but either you have an existing house and you want to go with an existing style adding on to the house, or you kind of want to go in with, with some maybe style that's in between the two things. You know, you wanted to make it like some transitional, I guess the buzzword now, transitional house style, or, you know, you want it to be like completely different from the existing house. You know, let's say that you do have a historical house, you would want to add on so that you would be able and, and you, you know, it was registered and everything. Then you have to add on so that people can see that, okay, this is the new part of the house and we haven't really done anything to the existing part just to show that you've got the old and the new there. Right. And so kind of the most economic choice would be to match the style of the house and just kind of like go with that, but just clean it up, you know, with, with details, you know, and, and personalization or maybe add on, you know, something that's totally different rather than tear everything off of the house and just start over with this thing, you know. I um, mean, like transforming the style of the house by ripping off all of the trim and everything. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. not going to yeah. save you anymore. Which, yeah, yeah. Which I'm chair of the CRAN, AIA San Diego CRAN committee. And we've had people, you know, call and, and they just have kind of an unrealistic expectation as far as like how much they're going to pay for an architect to help them. And then even how much the cost of construction is going to be on that. So, you know, it's like, they're like, oh, we have a, a thousand square foot house. You know, I already know from where it is, like what maybe what the style of the house is going to be. And then we want this super modern, the super modern house now, you know, and then you tell them like, okay, well, what's your budget? And then they want to pay like $2,000 for the drawings. <laughs> and then their budget is like $100 a square foot or something like that. And they want to add like 1,500 square feet. And, you know, what you need to do for... You know, you need to include in the cost of construction what it's going to cost to upgrade your existing house into the current thing. If you want to add on, you know, if you want to add a second floor addition, it's not just the cost of the addition that you're adding on top of the house. It's all of the structure that you're going to have to do underneath in order to build on top of it. So it's like. I think people are kind of like, oh, well, it's only going to cost, you know, this much, or I can do like $200 a square foot or. Because they're not I counting just the some... renovated part of the house in that. They're not counting of the renovated part of the house or, and sometimes it's, it's hard to get that out of some people. I mean, I interviewed for a project with like, kind of like a referral company and I walked into the meeting and they had been discussing some things like a little bit before. And then then I realized like going through that. So then I asked this referral company, which is like a construction company also, you know, I said, well, I said, what do they want to do with the first floor? I said, cause they want to add all these bedrooms on the second floor. What are they going to do with the bedrooms on the first floor? And they're like, oh, I think, you know, they, oh, they're just going to keep them. And I said, okay. So then I asked them and I said, so what do you want to do? Right. Because they already had an unrealistic budget for even adding on to the second floor. 
you know, so then I said, well, what do you want to do with the first floor? Do you want to keep these bedrooms? And they're like, oh no, we want to open everything up and we want to put a new kitchen in. So already it's like, they just like tripled the budget just from that. It wasn't even just doubling the budget of the, yeah. you know, yeah. of a budget that wasn't realistic. You know, it was like tripling the budget and some rooms are going to be more expensive than other rooms. A kitchen and bath are always going to be more expensive than just a, you know, a bedroom. So right. it's right. It's all of the finishes, it's the plumbing, it's the, you know, the infrastructure for that. I think a lot of clients think like, oh yeah, we're going to do $200 a square foot. But, you know, it, it's not really that it's $200 a square foot. It's like, okay, this is going to cost this much in the project. And then this is going to cost this much. And then, oh, and we need to bring in the power. And, you know, we need to do the driveway because, you know, it's like, you don't have a, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I try to stay away from the square footage estimates because there is so many, so much else that goes into it. You can't really, sometimes it's more expensive to do the renovation to the existing than it is to build on new, right? Because yeah. you have to change things. Yeah. People yeah. opening up the whole first floor of a house, it's really not that simple because you have to actually <laughs> somehow get the structure in there to, to, to do everything. You need to, how to get all the electrical, all the stuff that the walls contain. Yeah. When they're gone, we have to put all that stuff somewhere else. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I get, I get, I talk a lot about walls and how I feel like people feel like the solution is getting rid of walls. I don't feel, I don't agree with that. I feel no, like I don't. walls no. are good and no. walls, you need some walls. Yeah. But yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I got kind of mad recently and I just did a whole podcast about walls and how, why I like walls. But, um, <laughs> and I think people don't, I mean, I interviewed for a house, Gosh, it's probably like a year and a half now ago, but it was a beautiful historical house. And then one of the things that they said that they wanted to do was they wanted to open up all of the things. So one, it was it was a historical house. And I mean, they could have easily gotten it, you know, registered. I mean, that would have been no problem, I'm sure. My thing was like, okay, let's just let's try to like redo just the little thing. I said, because it wasn't destroyed. There were a million th and they said well we want to move the staircase like over here to the other wall and i said well you know you're never going to be able to like replicate this staircase even if, if you tried to i said it would it would be probably ten thousand dollars and they were like what and i'm like oh yeah i said unless you wanted to try to like reuse all of this wood you know because it was this oak staircase that was like mm -hmm. i mean it was beautiful you know, and then it kind of had the guardrail up at the top and kind of went because it was this very traditional kind of um, California in one area. I kind of forget what the what that same style, not it wasn't a bungalow style, but it's, you know, it's like kind of this flat roof. So you've got the staircase in the middle and then you've, you know, got the hallway up above that's open and, um you know, turn, turn of this century, last century. <laughs> But, you know, and they were like, really, it's going to cost that much? And I said, oh, yeah. I said, you know, and you can't get that type of craftsmanship, right. you know, right. and if and if you were going to get it, I mean, oh. you're going to have to pay a lot for because there aren't that many people left that can do that kind of work. You know, somebody that was trained in the trades, you know, that are our age, I mean, you know, it's like their worlds beyond what the new person now is being trained because they're they're not even getting that training. I had some people put in these wood windows, these Marvin windows, right? And you know, the, the guy that was putting them in was like, oh, I've never put in a window like this. And I said, I said, well, what, what do you mean? Like a Marvin window? And he goes, no, wood window. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, 
And he did framing and everything for like this big design build company here. And he had never put in, he goes, no, he goes, I just put in the white windows. And I'm like, Vinyl white windows. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot there's a lot missing in a lot of modern construction or contemporary construction, whatever you want to call it. What the stuff that's built now versus mm -hmm. the stuff that was built 100 years ago or 150 years yeah. ago. I mean, it's just that's I do that's one thing I just love about houses. I just love that you can see that somebody crafted this thing in in yes. places and even, you know, I live in a not very remarkable house, but it was it was made for it was a, it's a Dutch colonial, which I don't like to admit. Okay, yeah. I mean, who would think yeah. would, is that the the type of house I was thinking I was going to live in in architecture school. No, but I'm married to an architect and I think we couldn't agree on building our house together for sure. So, so we have to live in this. So we have to adopt a, um, a condemned house. It happens to be Dutch colonial, but it was built for, for these two brothers who I for a long time hoped was really gay men in the twenties, but I think they actually were brothers, but, um, but you can tell that somebody actually made this house, which I really appreciate. There's yeah. that. I think it's kind of sad when people want to tear out, a lot of the traditional elements of, of a yeah. house. I'll but show you my great-grandparents' house. My great-grandparents built a house uh, in the late 1800s in Dormont, and it's and it's kind of Dutch colonial because a lot of those are Dutch colonial. But it's like a really big one. We had a smaller, we had a smaller one, but theirs was like a really big one. Right, that's kind uh, of like shingle stylish, right? It's just a gambrel roof in the end with some overhangs and things. Right. I, I mean, there's like, yeah, I think, I think I'll like, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, yeah. I'll, mine's I'll, not, I'll, send, I'll send it to you. Yeah. Mine's not, it's like when you make a good friend and after a while you get to know the friend and you think that they're beautiful, but really objectively <laughs> not so beautiful. <laughs> I think of it that way. My house that well, yeah. yeah, no, ours was literally, we, we thought this was going to be the five-year house. Right. And then we, and one of the reasons why we liked it, we had looked at it and then we were like, oh no, we don't want to pay that much money for it because I won't even tell people how much it was because it was, it was ridiculous with what, it, with what it costs right now, you, you know? So it's like, I don't, you know, I try not to tell the people, you know, any of our neighbors that have bought on either side of us. I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going to tell them how much we paid for this. because <laughs> they're, they're just going to be crying every night. Um, <laughs> But we liked it because there were red oak floors and the, the original wood windows, which mm -hmm. are, you know, double hung windows, which of course some of them, you know, aren't opening very because they're on their way to break, they're sticking and everything. You know, one of the glass fell out of the kid's bathroom and they didn't even tell us. And so I bought the glass and then the one kid keeps saying, oh, I'm going to put the glass in, I'm going to put the glass in, but it isn't. So it's it's just open in the bathroom. Um <laughs> <laughs> is there a so screen at least maybe you guys don't have screens in san diego no there is a there is a screen yeah all right so what do you need glass for you guys are in california it's a wooden bother what gets cold in there. <laughs> and it's, it's as far as security it's not really very secure. well that's true yeah yeah but i mean that was like one of the and we have plaster walls you know but of course in the addition you know it's it's chipboard and people don't do plaster out there as much it would have been more expensive and you know at the point and and i mean we couldn't we were trying to get stuff done and we were actually doing you know finishing it during covid so it oh, was wow. it was kind of we just had to get stuff done and i mean i don't have siding on my house right now which had i done it you know like several months ago now it would have been a lot better financially because the you know now it's twice as much 
Well, it is pretty crazy how material costs have go- are going up so fast. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of times people want to shop around for other consultants. I would not recommend doing that. I would other consultants uh, like what? Like a you know, like some people are like, well, I got this structural engineer, and he said that he can do it for less. You know, instead of using the structural engineer that the architect typically use or, oh, I got a title 24 person and they can do it for less, you know. And the other thing that I think that clients should know is that we all talk. (laughs) So That's true. We all talk. So if if I'm going to go and talk to some like I just talked to somebody recently and they they had bid a project right they'd given a proposal and they didn't have all the drawings so they were a lot less than my consultant but it was because they did not have all the drawings and they didn't know that it was a two-story house and not a one-story house Mm. so now it it's very clear to me why they were so much less but the client was thinking, oh, they're so much less because they're less and they're not now, yeah. you know. And so then when I talked to the consultant, they were like, oh, I, I didn't realize that. But now they're kind of already stuck, they're stuck in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're stuck. <laughs> One time somebody was super low on it and I looked through, you know, and, and I mean, have your architect look over people's bids and then have everything apples to apples instead of apples to oranges. You know, right. it's like you might, you might have like three bids and then, you know, I looked at one person's bid and I said like, they, they didn't include any windows. I said, that's the reason why they're so much lower. And so I asked the client who were friends of mine, I said, do you want me to like go back, back to him or do you want to go back to him and say, hey, you, you didn't include the windows. And my client was like, no, if they didn't include the windows on this, then we don't want to work with them. Right. Good point. I mean, that's a big oversight. And one might wonder if that was intentional just not including something that's yeah. such a big oh yeah exactly yeah I mean you always have to like look at these like what is included and what is an extra you know it's like what is what's on a, an allowance what is you know it's like oh they're saying that they can do the kitchen for this much but it doesn't include the cabinets or the appliances or the finishes and don't think that women architects are cheaper than other people. They should be paid as well as that's the other. That's another thing that people like. Oh, I I thought you're gonna be cheaper because you're a woman. No, I think that I think that is true. People do think that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or that we can listen, but I mean, we can listen, but we also have very valid uh, concerns and professional um, expertise as far as what we can tell you. Also, thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Catherine. It was really fun to talk to you. Thank you for listening. And thank you so much for sharing this show with your friends. It is growing all the time. And I really appreciate that. I would love to hear from you if you have anything to say about this episode or past episodes, good or bad, or a suggestion for a new episode. Send me an email at thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven is a proud member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. Check out my other show and all the rest of the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. And until next time, take it easy.